Welcome to Wise Guides, a wake-up in science education, a student-led podcast series produced for the New York State Children's Environmental Health Center, a product of HBCAC, and their Prevention is the Cure campaign. And now, here's your Wise Guides. Welcome back, everyone, to your favorite podcast, The Wise Guides, featuring me, Savannah Zafar and me, Matthew Miller. <laughs> so bad. It's so bad. <laughs> that, that was really bad. We have to redo that. Regroup, regroup. Okay. Featuring me, Savannah Zafar, and And me, Matthew Miller. Today's episode of the podcast, we are going to be talking about the science of love <laughs> and why we crave human connection and what it does for us. But as always, before we jump right in. We're going to let you in on a little bit of what's going on in our lives. Yes. So, so Savannah, how is college so far? I want to go to sleep. I'm always tired. I feel like this is a running three. Uh, excuse me. I feel like this is a running theme um, of every podcast, but I'm always exhausted. But I'm especially exhausted now that I'm back at school. I have yeah. a crazy Russian professor who is insane, gives these immense amount of like research papers and just like I don't even know she makes us read all these documents and like makes us annotate them and then she's a really harsh grader and doesn't really explain what we're supposed to do with anything I feel like I'm changing my major again I don't know what I'm doing like I feel like this semester kind of threw me for a loop as to what I would like to pursue for the next three years I think I'm gonna keep my legal studies major and then minor in environmental sustainability I mean, you have so much time, so it's good that you're experimenting with different things. True, true. But how nice would it be to graduate on time, you know? Or Or even graduate a year early or a semester early. Okay, but you have so much time. Like, okay, so what? You have to go, like, another half year or something. You're going to have decades and decades of whatever that major is for the rest of your life. I mean, I guess. But, like, I also – I like having a plan. I'm very, I like having a structure. I like knowing what's going to happen next. And the fact that life in general is very ambiguous, it's terrifying. Like, I mean, I know to a certain extent that I would like to do something within public policy, incorporate environmental health and public health somehow. I mean, at the end of the day, like everyone, I just want to help people, but I just need to figure out the right path to get there. And I think that, I think that I just have to figure it out. (laughs) It'll come to you. I, I hope so. I really, really, really hope so. But other than that, today is a really gross and dreary day. Yep. And on that note, Matt, how is, how is high school? <laughs> okay, so besides it being super stressful lately, I just took my ACT, my second one, like uh, a week ago, something oh like God. that. And okay, the second one wasn't as bad as the first one. And it's, uh, yes, I was more prepared. I worked on timing a lot. Uh, after I took the first one, that's a good tip. Definitely, if you're going to take the ACT, be prepared. Definitely practice timing a lot because all of a sudden it'll be, you'll be halfway through the reading section and have five minutes left to go and you're going to have no idea what to do. So definitely practice. For the ACT, everyone. Yes. Yes. I mean, mean, not to say you shouldn't study if you're taking the SAT. I was going to say, did you take the SAT? I never took it. All right. I don't know why, like, 
I just thought initially that the ACT would work out better. And it, it has worked out pretty well. I feel like the material is getting easier. I'm scoring higher each time. It's just, I don't know, I kind of just want it to be over already. I mean, you, you're going to want it to be over, and then you're going to look back and be like, oh, man, maybe I should have taken it again. Yeah, <laughs> or great. actually, maybe, maybe, you know what? Depending on whatever your score is, wherever you would like to go, I'm sure that it's, it's good. You know, okay, so my, my guidance counselors contact, like, we're all in a Google classroom, all of the juniors at my school, and pretty much every single time a notable school goes test optional, they post it. So, That's like, last crazy. week, last week and the week before, there are tons of schools going test optional. Oh, my like, God. Oh. Matt, are you going to, are you, do you know what your plan is? Like, are any of your colleges, like, interest test optional and would you consider doing that okay so honestly i here's what i've heard so i really don't know what to do because Mm -hmm. my guidance counselor told me if you're meeting the 50th percentile meaning your your score is higher than 50 percent of the applicants lower than 50 percent of the applicants send it yeah send it Um, i agree with that and if it's lower than that, don't send it. And if it's higher, then certainly send it. You could get, like, scholarship or something. Right. And typically test optional schools, like, usually ask you, like, why are you going test optional, right? Right. So, but on the other hand, if you did go test optional, it's really easy to say, like, the pandemic. Because, I mean, <laughs> yeah. that is what is holding everyone back from, I feel like, growth in general. and. Mm-hmm. That could be an option, but I totally agree with you. If you think your score is of caliber for the schools that that you're considering, definitely send it because there's yeah. no harm. You know, right. if anything, it'll help you. It can't hurt you. Right. I, I really want to see what I get on this last test, and hopefully, it's within my range, and I can be done with it. You think that you have a feeling that this is your last one? I have a feeling. Like, okay. <laughs> I thought that the sections weren't bad. The only section that I thought was worse than normal was math. Like, usually I score pretty high in math. Usually I get between, like, six and eight wrong, which is between a 32 and a 33. Right. Just for the math section alone, which I'm fine with. Like, I, I'm fine with that score. Um That's a really good score. <laughs> yeah, I, I would definitely take it. But this time, the math section was just difficult. I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I, I, we'll keep our fingers crossed for you. I think I think you got it in the bag. You got this. I hope so. But okay, the other the other thought that I've had lately was, I don't know why, but being home has made me less interested in like continued learning. Like, yes, I want to go to college. Don't get me wrong, I want to go to college and stuff, but. You know, originally I was looking at medical school and residency and like all of that stuff. And that's going to be what? So four years for your bachelor's, then another four years for a medical degree, and then like two or three years for residency. And it's just an extremely long process. And I don't know, I've been playing the scenario over my head a thousand times. I do want to go to medical school at some point. I just don't know if I can sustain eight years of just school back to back. This is what I'll say right now. I feel like you're at a point in high school where you feel like the world is ending because if you don't get your certain scores or if you don't get into the college that you want to get into, it's a very, it's so stressful. Like I I literally was in your position exactly last year, like literally exactly last year. And 
it's it's incredibly like stressful but once like the college stuff is out of the way and once you're admitted somewhere and it's that summer going into college right you will have more clarity as to what type of I don't want to say you'll have a, like a clear uh, indication of what you want to do or what kind of schooling you'll want to go th- like go through, but you'll have a more clear indication if you like school and if you can tough it out. Mm-hmm. I feel like right now you you can't you can't back down and be like I can't. It's overwhelming. You're junior year of high school. Ju- you're a junior, right? Yeah. Junior year of high school is tough. It's tough mm-hmm. because you're doing a bunch of things at once, and you're expected to be flawless in all those things. Pretty I feel much. like as you enter college things become more specific and then you can see if you like something or not and if you can pursue it but you'll get there you'll get there ah it can't come soon enough i know i'm not excited to uh begin writing college essays and it's not that bad it's really not that bad you're putting way too much prep like listen oh my god if you were if if i was you and you were me and you were telling me this i'd be like oh my god stop talking like you have no idea but you just have to (laughs) take a deep breath and, and just the only way to, to get through it is to do it. That's not a good state. Like that was not, that was so cheesy, but you have to just, you just have to do it. You just got to do it. You and know, I like, what was I going to say? Never mind. I feel <laughs> like with college essays too, like, I mean, I feel like everyone has a different take on it, but personally, like I wrote about something that wasn't like, that did not have to do with my accolades and like internships and jobs okay. and experience because that's all on your resume. That's all on your whatever the questions I ask you in um, college board, right. what do you use? Mm. Oh, you didn't even start it. I'm sorry. I'm no. freaking you out. Never mind. <laughs> you'll, you'll get there. The common app. That's what I was talking about. Okay. Okay. Yeah. The yeah. common app is like under the college board, I think, or something. And it's like easy to apply to schools that way. Mm-hmm. But um, they ask you all those questions about your accolades and what kind of experience you have. So it's basically like a giant resume. Why are you going to write about something on your resume? We should write about something more personal to you or what, how something has affected you. And, and those essays are kind of fun to write because they, they, they can't be long. They literally have to be like a page max, a page and a half. And you can just write about something personal that you actually care about and something about yourself, not about the things that you do that make you who you are, if that makes sense. Okay, yeah. So everything in baby steps. You can't, you can't do everything at once. I totally understand that. But you'll get there. And then once everything is done, you'll be like, wow, all that hard work was worth it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I'm waiting for that moment to come. It will. I promise. It'll come very fast. And then you're going to be like, wow, where did that go? <laughs> Good. All righty. Now let's segue into today's topic. And I'm going to start by asking you, Matt, do you think that you're more introverted or extroverted? And how have you been dealing with not seeing people? Okay. So I feel like I'm more extroverted. The only thing that I would say though is like if I've never met if I'm in front of a big group of people that I've I've never met any of them I would approach one person like I wouldn't talk to all of them at once I would approach one person and if I get like good vibes then I'll more likely talk to them I felt that I think that I'm a like a solid mix of both I think that I can be extroverted and I want to be but if I don't want to talk to someone, I will recoil and slump under my blankets and disappear. <laughs> no, I, but, I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's good to be both introverted and extroverted. But I think that because of the pandemic and just being inside for so long and then like not going out or doing anything has made me super like 
it, it has made me pretty much introverted. I don't, I mean, like, if I have to talk to people, I will, but, like, now I'm, like, don't want to talk to people because I just, like, don't know how to make a conversation, especially new people. Like, I'm at college. It is, like, so difficult to meet new people. I'm thankful that, like, I met a few friends, like, on move-in day and stuff, so, like, we, like, hang out together all the time, but other than that, like, I don't have a bigger group than, like, three friends because it's really impossible to meet people. And Honestly, you know, I don't think, like, I don't know. I've I've had a big group of friends, but, like, even today, I talk to the same five or six people every single day, and I would not want it any other way. And that like, group will get smaller and smaller. Like, because... Oh, oh, yeah, I'm sure. Like, I remember in high school, too, like, I was definitely, like, a floater. I never really had a friend group, but I would have friends. Mm-hmm. And I think that, like, as soon as, like, the pandemic hit and I, we all got sent home our senior year, like it really uh, stood out like who was your true friend and like who wasn't. Totally agree. Could not agree more. I was, I literally thought the same exact way. Yeah. Um, and it was like, within days that like I found out, like if, if somebody didn't reach out with me within the two weeks, like I think it was like March 13th, right? Mm-hmm. That we all yeah. got, I, well, that, that's when I got sent home. Same here. And like two weeks after that, if, some, if no one contacted me, I was like, oh, like that's like so like, it's like interesting. It wasn't like, oh, like, oh, I'm so sad. It, it, I was kind of glad that it happened because I'm like, why was I wasting my time in the first place? Agreed. Totally. Okay, like yesterday I took – wait, was it yesterday? Yeah, yesterday I took a leap of faith and went outside of the house and um, two of my friends and I met up and we went to like a really, really nice restaurant in Morristown, New Jersey. There's this place called The Committed Pig and they have – the most unhealthy, but the best food you have ever seen <laughs> in your life. It's just, it's the best restaurant. It's my favorite restaurant in all of New Jersey. It is just insanely you gotta good. treat yourself. It's so good. I, I just can't resist. <laughs> well, once in a while to, to do something, it's good. It's, it's yeah. good for your mental health and your physical health and your just overall well-being. And moving forward, like a little time to yourself can be good. However... What's wrong with being truly isolated? Going back to like, go, it's a leap of faith to get out of the house, feeling so isolated and how it affects our physical and mental health. I think like for me, like definitely when the pandemic hit, I was indoors, obviously like everyone else. And physically, like I, I think I had like a burst of like working out for like a month and then like I quit because I was just, I don't know, it just, it just fizzled out, I guess. And then- yep my eating habits were like not good. Like, cause I, it was always like movie night. Do you know what I mean? It was always movie yeah. night. It was always sleep in. Uh, and because it was my senior year, like my classes were all jokes. Like I took all APs. <laughs> they were all over in April or May rather. And then I had nothing to do. Like I would literally just like stare at my screen for literally <laughs> like 12 hours a day. <laughs> like there was nothing else to do. You know, as soon as the pandemic hit, I really started focusing on myself for like the first time in my life that I can like really remember, like consciously I focused on myself. I worked out pretty much every single day. The weather was so nice day after day. It barely rained. It was warm. It was perfect running temperature. And I was like, I was honestly having the time of my life and school was more asynchronous than, than any other model. So like we would be assigned work in the morning I would usually finish all of my work by like noon and then have the rest of the time to myself. And I wish 
that's how it was this year. But obviously you can, you know, yeah. you, you can't have it that way. Um, but it was just, I loved it. And at first I didn't really feel that isolated. And then when summer came around and usually, you know, like you go on weekend trips to the beach, you go, you take like one week trip to, you know, somewhere with your family, you know, the usual summer stuff. It was weird to be in the same area week after week. Like it, it was just strange. Like I felt like it was a repeat day after day. Oh, it was it, it, literally the days blended in with one another. I never knew what day it was. Every day was literally the exact same. Yeah. And I'm glad to hear that you were like working out and like working on yourself. I mean, I wish I could say the same, <laughs> but like, I do not take isolation well. Like I will straight up say that I always need to be around someone. My roommate actually didn't come back this semester because she had some like family stuff going on. Totally understandable. Okay. But like, it took me, I've been here for three weeks. It literally took me like two, like the entire two and a half weeks to adjust to wow. living by myself in my room. Yeah. And like, I think at home when you're in your room, it's totally different because you know, someone's downstairs or you're only alone for a little bit, whatever. But like literally like going to bed every night, knowing that my roommate is back home in Maryland. I'm like, makes me like, uh, like sad. And yeah. um, that lack of human connection is just, really important to me well mm-hmm. the lack of human connection is very like uh it affects me and i mm-hmm. like a lot of people too and i think that the pandemic really showed us how much of like social creatures we are like we need to be around people totally we need agree. to be collaborating and to meet new people and just to keep creating and i don't know just keep moving forward in life but i feel like now and ever since the pandemic hit it's very like stagnant like things are staying still i mean i could not agree more when before the pandemic hit i would rarely go on facetime like i would never be on facetime because you know i i saw all these people in school and you know once in a while i would get on a facetime or once in a while like i would do something but you know it wasn't that frequent but now like, if I cannot go, like, two hours without FaceTiming someone, I just can't. It's it's come to, like, I don't know. It's just a habit. And, you know, they're healthy FaceTimes, though. We do work and we get things done. So they're productive, at least. But um, I don't know. It just totally changed my perspective on everything. I totally felt that I FaceTime my friends at least. At least I FaceTime my friends at least five times a day just because yeah. I need it. And I have some friends in the building too. So it's like, that's never enough because sometimes like we'll go to our respective rooms and we'll start working. But even then, like, I'm like, Oh, I need company. (laughs) So I'll face them a friend. And in fact, uh, some research shows that a lack of human connection can be more harmful to your health than obesity or smoking. Wow. That is insane. That's crazy that your like mental health and physical health to a certain extent are interchangeable and i mean i guess with this research because obesity and smoking are usually put on by like external physical factors and right human connection is very social and a mental thing i feel like the thing that strikes me in that statement is so obesity and smoking are two things that are controllable like they are conscious controllable things but human connection i feel like if you don't reflect on like what you do over like an like over a day, right? If you don't reflect on your day and you don't reflect on 
who you talk to, who you um, interact with throughout the day, you wouldn't notice things like that. And the pandemic truly made us like reflect on, like you were saying before, made us reflect on who are really our friends, who we really connect Mm -hmm. with. And that human connection is just so vital during this time. It's like, I, I don't know. It's just, it's different. Totally. And like, because of everything that's been happening with COVID, we tend to crave the social interaction, but we also neglect it. We don't really like tend to it, even though we need it. But there's so many benefits to just talking to people, your friends, family, whatever. In fact, it can lower anxiety and depression help us regulate our emotions, lead to higher self-esteem and empathy, and actually improve immune system function. So that to me says that without it, you can, you're more likely to engage in unhealthy behaviors like smoking, right? Or like binge eating and doing all these things. No, I could definitely see that because when you're interacting with your friends, you're less likely to do things that will damage your health. I don't know why. It's just... Uh, Like when you're on FaceTime, you're less likely to, I don't know, smoke a cigarette outside. It just doesn't make sense. Well, yeah, like to a certain, I I get what you're, where you're going with that. Like uh, when you're, when you're constantly smoking, binge eating, drinking lots of alcohol, doing all those things or filling a void for something. Right. And I feel like that void has become the lack of being like being around your friends, like the lack Mm -hmm. of a social network. So when you remain in contact with your social network, you're less likely to do damaging things in general because you don't need to fill a void. Then you don't feel the need to to do these things like smoking and stuff. So what happens if we neglect like that social interaction that we need? Well, I'm glad you asked that. (laughs) Well, not only, well, like I said earlier, social interaction can actually help immune system function and your overall health. Without it, your immune system function can suffer and you're more likely to just get sick more often. And it overall can lead to a lack of sleep, more depressive symptoms, anxiety, just, I feel like lack of social interaction leads to poor mental health and physical health. Yeah. No, I can definitely relate to that because when I have been like hanging out with my friends, talking to them on a daily basis, you know, I feel happier and I enjoy those moments when I'm talking to other people. Uh, You know, you're less lonely. You're more likely. I'm more productive when I'm like talking to people. I don't know why. I'm just like when I'm on FaceTime and um, whether we're talking or we're all just sitting there, which does happen occasionally. I'm more productive. So definitely I like the human interaction, even if there's nothing being said at that moment. I could not agree more. I think that for me too, like when I'm around my friends, I'm not only more productive, but I feel motivated to do my work. I feel Mm -hmm. motivated to create something new. I feel motivated to think of a new idea, just to like to venture out, to do anything. I just feel like I'm a very, I feel like I'm more of a creative person when when I'm surrounding myself with good people. And I feel like, the drasticness of, I don't think that's a word, but whatever, the drasticness of being taken out of my senior year of high school to just fully online, uh, the lack of routine, because mm-hmm. I used to see my friends like every day, going to see your friends every day to n- 
to not seeing them for like what like four months five months that's insane right. i i was so bored i ate a lot <laughs> and i watched so many movies like my eyes are like would always hurt <laughs> yeah and you know it's uh, the pandemic has truly made us change so many parts of our life and just the other day i was talking to my grandma and she said that um some researchers are saying that this might be an endemic they might term this an endemic which means there's likely no end in sight which hopefully is not the case but that that would be wild uh if just oh my god i just couldn't i couldn't imagine it happening and i, don't I do want not want to think about that yeah like uh, i'm sure you can feel the same like i'm sure you want a senior year of high school i'm sure mm-hmm. i mean like i know i want at least somewhat of a college experience i mean i mean right. i got here my freshman year it's pretty dead there's nothing going on there's no club fairs there's no interview stuff going on like mm-hmm. everything is remote on and online but it's very different than being in person Right. I think yeah. the only thing that we can do is literally wear our masks and just do our part in being a good person. And just, Please. it's a waiting game. Short but it's PSA. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, everyone, short PSA, everyone needs to do their part. There's no way that we're going to get through this without everyone just, I don't know, be a good human being. That's all I can say. <laughs> yeah. Please. All right. Moving on from that, touching back on the loneliness. Um, According to some other research, a lot of people report loneliness, which if you don't know what being lonely means, it's um, an individual's perceived level of social isolation. In fact, suicide rates have been up 33% since 1999. Wow. And one in four people feel lonely versus one in 10 that felt lonely from the statistic in the 80s. And those are pre-pandemic numbers. Mm. I don't even want to know what what it would be today. I can't even imagine because the fact that that was the suicide rate, well that is the well that was the suicide rate before the pandemic and that was the loneliness statistic before the pandemic. I cannot imagine what it's like what it was during and what it's like now. I mean, we're still in it obviously, but I feel like that first wave that everyone actually took it seriously for the most part I feel like now that I feel like America has been very careless with its, um, I feel like we're just dealing with the pandemic instead of getting rid of it. And I feel like that has definitely also impacted the statistic. Mm-hmm. And, and oh wait, so what do you think has made this, made the suicide rate increase by such a drastic amount? And what do you think has caused all of this like, feeling of isolation i think it could partly be due to social media for sure um we always talk about the negative effects of social media and definitely that's one of them you know you see your friend at a party that you weren't invited to or you see someone who's just you think is just better at life than you you know it's it's just bound to happen Um, now it's like everyone most people are in this in the same boat i mean i mean like i'm at college there are frat parties every weekend but every weekend, those people get sent home because they get COVID. <laughs> and it's like, how are you not learning? Like, I just don't understand. Like, it's like, I want to go out too, but I'm not. Yeah. I'm choosing not to. And I have like um, some, I mean, I guess they're not really friends. I haven't spoken to them in years. But like, I know a lot of people that went like down south for school and stuff. And like, 
they're every night partying in Florida. And I'm like, that is so sad. Like, why? It is. Why can't everyone just stay home for just a little bit? Please. <sighs> I guess they don't want it to end as much as we do. <laughs> I guess so. So, Matt, why is it so important to feel connected to people? Okay, first of all, we are living, breathing social creatures. We want that human connection. According to scientist Matthew Lieberman, our need to connect is as fundamental as our need for food and water. Wow. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's such a necessity. Like, just like we said before, like, Without it, it affects our physical health and our mental health. So I'm, I'm not surprised that it's just as needed as food, is, food and water. And we've learned with prisoners especially, people who go through strict isolation measures do end up facing some, some mental consequences. It's definitely very tough on your mental and physical health, uh, as we previously stated. It just, it changes your whole outlook on everything when you can't connect with others share your feelings just talk with another person those ideas and thoughts get trapped in your mind and they must change the way i don't know the way you think the way you feel every aspect of your life totally and i think something to think about is anything as small as an insult or as big as the loss of a loved one affects us dramatically and it can ricochet throughout our lives. (laughs) And I feel like people in general, especially now, seem to focus on the smallest negative social triggers, but then we're motivated by social reward. Okay, wait. So yeah, I can definitely, uh, I have a connection with that because one of my favorite quotes, I can't even quote it like word for word, but it's something like, if you had... This is just like paraphrasing. This isn't even close to what it actually says. But if you had like $25 million and you like misplaced $50 of it, would you throw away the other 24 million whatever dollars? No, No. you wouldn't. (laughs) Which is why you shouldn't let one small thing in your day, like how many minutes are there in a day? And you're going to let five bad minutes ruin your entire day? It, It just doesn't make sense. And that's exactly what this is saying. One, we focus on such small, menial things that mean nothing when we like compare it to our whole life, but it means a lot to us in that moment. And when we just consider like the negative stuff and the positive stuff of a single day, of a week, of a month, of a year, why do we focus so much on only the negative? Like we don't weigh them out. I, I agree with you because like, I think we always let little things, I mean, if they're big things, I get it, but little things like, oh, like I got like a paper cut or, oh, I got like a, an A minus on my paper. Like I should have gotten an A, like I made a grammatical yeah. error or whatever the case may be. Yeah. We do let it get to us. Or like if somebody says, oh, like you look gross in that dress. I mean, I guess that's, that's a small thing too. <laughs> and I think that you can recover from it when you're doing things, but because you're not going out. You're not, you're literally in your room all day. You go to school, you, you come back, you may, you might go to work and you come back because there's no, there's nothing to look forward to. I feel like we get, we now especially fester over those small negative things. Mm -hmm. And I think when things were normal, if somebody said, Oh, like good job, 
I'd be like, oh my God, I did a great job. (laughs) I feel like we're so largely motivated by social reward. Like if somebody tells you you're doing something good, you instantly are like, wow, I am doing a good job. But as soon as somebody says something bad, you're like doubting yourself. That's true. That's very true. We depend so much on how other people, you know, even even though we say we shouldn't, um, it's very difficult to block out everyone else's opinion about you, how you act, how you look, how you feel, whatever. Um, because people just talk off the top of their head. A lot of people don't have the filter that they should have. And they just say things that could be hurtful to others. And we take those things to heart, even though we shouldn't. But again, we are social human beings who need that um, acceptance by others. And when we don't get that, we, we break down. I think that in life in general and businesses and classrooms and the workplace everywhere, we're always working by incentives and social reward, whether that's like good grades or money or just literally a pat on the back and be like, you're doing a good job. Keep going. Um, it's crazy that that is how we work mm-hmm. by the regards of others. And sometimes we doubt ourselves and our capabilities. Right. The way we look for approval from others is so ingrained in ourselves that we even try to read other people's minds to read into situations and figure out what to do, what they're thinking and how to proceed and whatever we're doing. And, and it doesn't necessarily have to be a seeking approval thing. It could just be like a collaborative thing. Like for example, me and you, we work very well together because we know how we work. Each other works to a certain Mm -hmm. extent. And we've, we've never even met each other, like in person. That is crazy to me. <laughs> That's literally insane to me. And I feel like I have known you for like, what, like a year and a half now? Yeah, yeah. That's insane to me. Like we've never met, but I'm sure you could finish my sentences or you can, you, you know where my train of thought is leading to a certain extent. And I can tell where yours is leading as well. Yeah, it's, it's wild. It's very it's wild. Insane. So if you couldn't already tell... The self is built socially rather than isolation. And in fact, the medial prefrontal... No, Matt, you take it away. (laughs) Okay. The medial prefrontal cortex of the brain has been shown to be activated the more a person is reflecting on themselves. It is associated with self-processing. We tend to think of the self as this thing that separates us from others, but it's actually what connects us. That's so trippy to think about. I remember taking... a. AP Psych, my sophomore year of high school, I think. And we studied all the parts of the brain, all their functions. And for some reason, I can't remember what the medial prefrontal cortex is. And that's kind of sad. But aside from that, I think it's so weird that we think of ourselves as separate from others. But really, it's be- we identify ourselves as social creatures mm-hmm. with other people. Like, that's how we think about ourselves? Like, our, based on our social interactions, that is how we come up with the sense of self. Yeah, I think so. That's kind of deep. Like, we, this is, like, what we study in philosophy to a certain extent. I have to take philosophy this semester. Okay. And this is kind of what we discuss about how we think that we have our own identity, but a lot of it, like, 99.9% of the time, your sense of self is based off of who you are with other people and how that makes you feel about yourself. That's kind of confusing, but I do understand it to a certain extent. 
So is that all about seeking, like going back to seeking approval from others and that's how we craft our own personality? Low key, yeah. But it's to a certain extent. Obviously you are who you are, but you are who you are because of how you are with other people. That makes no sense, but it sounds right. No, no, I think think personality is definitely... I've always believed it was more environmental than anything else. Mm -hmm. I don't think you're born to think a certain way. You are like groomed to think in a certain way. And you are like your environment shapes your views, your opinions, how you feel, how you act. Your environment is everything. Who you surround yourself with also has a big impact on your future or your current self. Um, If you surround yourself with, other people who have a positive outlook on life have a have like goals in mind um you're likely to succeed along with them but if you surround yourself with people who just you know aren't motivated to do anything or they do you know things that they shouldn't do they misbehave or do just stupid things you're likely to follow in their footsteps because again we're looking for that self-approval if you are in a group where everyone is doing it you're going to want that self-approval and you're going to want to do it too. Yeah. Um, but it, it, and it always, it doesn't have to be like a negative thing. It doesn't have to be necessarily right. be like bad peer pressure. Um, like you said about your environment shaping everything about you. I think that's what the self-processing of the medial prefrontal cortex is all about because when you're born, it's not like you already have a personality. It's, you're, you grow up around when whatever you're surrounded by influences how you become, how you talk, what you dress like, what, what your interests are. It's all about your environment, what you're exposed to. And because of that, I feel like that makes sure that we all have similar beliefs or very different beliefs and values as people around us. And that creates social harmony. That's what makes a community. And I guess what makes society. So I guess we are wired to connect and to be our authentic selves, but just around people. Yeah. We thrive when we're around people who can, we can harmonize with. Absolutely. And on that note, when do you feel most connected to people? I feel like for me, always, I think it'd always be like going to dinner or sharing a meal, like breaking bread, even if you're not fighting, just like in general, just, uh, eating a meal with someone. I feel like that is when I feel most connected to people because there's something so uh, natural and uh, human about sharing food with someone that's like intimate, but also like, I don't know, a good vibe. It's just, it's good. It it reminds me that you're more similar than different. I feel like. You know, I, I don't know if it's like the table setting or something. But for me, it's not even like sharing a meal. For me, it's being at a table with one, two, three people, and just sitting down and looking, looking at the other person in their eyes and just like talking with them. Like, I don't know, just like talking with them, being sincere. Good conversation. um, Yeah, sharing an emotional, a spiritual, whatever it might be, thought, opinion, whatever. That is how I connect strongly with a lot of people. Um, just talking to them, like, I don't know, it doesn't even have to be a deep conversation. It's just talking with them and being heard. Right. Uh, 
Because, because they, at the end, you're, you're people. You're normal. You're, you're, you have a story to be told, and it's nice engaging in a good conversation, even if it's not, like, personal or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think even, like, on a smaller note from dinner and good conversation, when somebody, like, opens the door for me, that makes me so happy uh, for no reason. Like, serotonin no just rushes right. to my brain. And I feel like, like, for example, if I'm walking to class and somebody opens the door for me, I'm like, you didn't have to do that, but you did. Thank you. <laughs> that is nice. That is really, really nice. I mean, chivalry is not dead. Not yet. Not even, it doesn't even have to be like a male or female or whatever. It could be anybody or just like waving to someone that you're like not necessarily close with, but um, you know of. Like today I got stuck, not stuck. I didn't get stuck. I was in the elevator with uh, this girl that I met last semester and I just recognized her. Mm-hmm. And we were riding the elevator up together. And I was like, oh my God, hey, like, I think I, we met last semester. And she goes, no way, really? Oh, you're Savannah. I'm like, yeah. And we literally, I haven't seen her since last semester, but I just recognized her. And I was like, oh my God, what's up? How you doing? That's it. It was a maybe 20 second conversation, but the fact that she just remembered my name made me happy. And I was like, that's yeah. cool. And then we parted our ways. I probably will not see her again, but, <laughs> but small things like that just remind you of just having like a small community or just feeling like comfortable just being a human like i don't know yeah small things like that and um i don't know for me it was always like small acts of kindness definitely go a very very long way it it yeah. definitely makes someone's day it could make someone's month year like just the smallest thing could have a huge impact on another person cuz like you said we're all we're all living life together whether we like it or not, we're all doing it together. Um, and especially now, we're all in a very similar situation where most of us are home or, or um, you know, things have changed. Things have certainly changed over the year. And um, we're all experiencing it firsthand. You know, I really get, I get emotional when I see those commercials on TV with like the healthcare providers and stuff. Oh my God, me too. It's just why didn't we acknowledge healthcare providers for the heroes that they are before all of this happened? Right. It, I, I mean, I feel like you see it probably firsthand. I don't really see it, but because Matt, it works as a, what do you do again? The Red yeah. Cross thing and paramedic, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. The Matt, Matt is the 16 year old paramedic. Are you 16? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, there you go. <laughs> you ever, you ever, you, if you ever get a paper cut, call up Matt. He'll put a bandaid on for you. Sure. But, um, <laughs> but um, you're totally right. Like it, it's very upsetting to see how things were handled. And I think the, literally the only thing, if anyone else has hope, is all you can do is hope that things will change from here on out. But that is, it's tough. So now that we've kind of blabbered on for a while about human interaction and what human connection does for us what can what can we all do i think first and foremost just be authentically yourself just be yourself take care of yourself make that fourth cup of coffee that keeps coming up (laughs) i feel like now more than ever we need to really really pay attention to our mental health and our physical health and just take it easy take it day by day participate in community stuff even if it's online do it it's something to do 
And I know I, I'm so tired of staring at my laptop screen. I've stared at it enough today, but this recording this podcast right now is giving me a sense of community and making me feel like I'm doing something. I feel motivated. I feel like I'm making a difference in a weird way. That's true. And you know, okay. So the other day I was at the, on Sunday, yesterday, I was at the EMT station and I was on call from seven to 12 in the morning. And usually there's no one there at seven, but usually around 10 or so people will start to show up and usually they're the chief comms and the president vice president are usually there and they say hello but yesterday there were like a bunch of new people who have never met and they all came up to me i was working on something on my computer you know i wasn't ready to talk to them but they came up to me and they were like oh what are you working on and like i just thought that was so nice like they had yeah didn't have to come up to me and like introduce themselves or anything but they did and those are the type of people that I like to be around, the people who are community focused. Um, you know, these people, they are volunteers in their community. They went through training. They, you know, they do this out of the kindness of their own heart. And especially now we need that. So it's, it's terrific that people continue to do those things. And I think as much as it's important to search for connections with people, it's so important for you to be the person that makes a connection with someone else. It's yes. just like you said, like they did not have to go up to you and say what you're working on. Right. But the fact that they went out of their day to do something, to do a small like act of kindness, that's mm-hmm. so, that's so nice. Yeah. yeah it it's really great. not that hard. We, we encourage everyone to do their part to like, it could be a small act of kindness. It could be um, engaging in your community. It could be FaceTiming your friends right now. I'm sure your friend would be very, very happy to talk to you right now. And, you know, it'll make both of you feel better and you'll remember it. Uh, You know, it won't go unnoticed. So definitely we encourage you to reach out to other people. Um, You don't have to do any of this alone. Totally. And I think overall, try to keep making positive connections, be authentically yourself and just be a good human to yourself and to others. It's really, I feel like nowadays everything is very strenuous on our mental health and physical health and just everything in general with our social networks being very convoluted with uncertainty and not being able to see people and then sometimes going out to see people, but it's never, things are very different and normalcy is a mile away. We're almost there, hopefully, but until then, take care of yourself, be a good person, wear your mask and wake up tomorrow with a new outlook on life and try to be a better person. Do more small acts of kindness, FaceTime a friend, drink more coffee. (laughs) Always coffee. Always coffee. I got more into drinking coffee. A little bit, not much, but like, is that that how we end it? (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. I mean, wait, what what else should we say? Um, I thought that was a good ending. That's good. Stop is the square thing, right?